Radio. I'm your host, Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by Kersey Smurfreka. Hola. David Thigabalt Hi, everybody. Michael Carpenter. Howdy, howdy, y'all. I think you're. I, I think that's the first time I haven't done that. And we have a very special guest. Blah 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 blah. blah. I just wanted to change things up a little bit. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> so, funny story about how Michael joined us today. Um, I posted a Q and A request on the Patreon, and Michael spammed my inbox. And I messaged him and went, "Are you free?" <laughs> nice that's how you do it and he was like i didn't really think i'd be answering those questions so <laughs> let me think about it um for listeners who don't know who you are why don't you give a short intro mike uh my name is michael cockroft not carpenter um yeah. but uh i am a um uh, i'm uh software support guy in uh, Ohio. Um, I have been on the show before for the Dresden Piles podcast. And that's where the nickname comes from. Yes. That's yeah. where Michael Carpenter comes. He's one of my favorite characters. For those um, that didn't know. <laughs> for those that didn't know. Um, and uh, that's basically it. I'm a nerd. And a friend. And a friend. <laughs> yeah. I try to be a friend. Um, so we're going to be talking about aliens today. But first. But first, we're going to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You, where we all talk about the nerdiest thing we've done in the last two weeks. And we vote using the Penfit Mike Myler widget system. And um, as our guest, Michael, you know, <laughs> you know the drill. Yes, I know the drill. <laughs> I know how this works. I should after all this time. Um, and I have been racking my brain all morning to think, figure out what's been nerdy with me. So I've got two things. Um, number one, I just started playing. Now I play most of my uh, tabletop RPGs and stuff on on Discord server. Uh, the Find the Path Discord and Combat Discord. Um, um, and they're play by post, basically, or play by Discord. As Hold on, Michael. Your mic is done. You sound far away now. Can you hear me? Yeah, yep. that's better. Sorry. If I need to, I can switch headsets. Um, anyway, so um, we usually play Pathfinder 2nd Edition, um, throw a few other games in there. But we just started, um, I just started playing in an Avatar Legends game. Avatar Legends was a Kickstarter that came out last year. It's for the Avatar, the last Airbender show. Uh, it's a tabletop RPG based on it. The highest grossing Kickstarter ever. Um, I backed it. So I was super excited to try this out because I love the Avatar shows. Yes, I am a 40-some-year-old man who absolutely loves these kids' shows because they are Avatar wonderful. was great. They were they Avatar and Legend Core were two of the best shows ever on TV. Like Agreed. writing and all of that stuff. Absolute so, universal audience. Wonderful. So I am super excited. I'm playing a firebender named Mitoku. Um, he is, and, and I'm just really excited to play in it. We've just gotten started. Um, and I won't, I won't talk about the plot because we're playing in the, uh, apparently the general scenario that they give in the, uh, the, okay. the quick start guide. So I don't want to ruin it for people. Um, but uh, it's, I'm super excited about that. Um, also, I ordered some dice last month. I am I am one of these dice goblin 
people, uh, although not as bad as I learned. Some of the people I learned at uh, a catacon are much bigger dice goblins than me. But I ordered this set, which apparently came from China. I didn't realize it. And it, oh, it's hard to see. It's all blurry. Hold on. Um, I'll hold it up here. They're these metal star dice. Oh, very nice. You have some proper caltrops. Yes, <laughs> literally proper count. Cal- look at look at this. That's the D four. Yeah, and for those for those of you who are listening and wondering and why we're talking as if you can see, our patrons have video access, so you can <laughs> go true. to patreon.com slash nerd podcast radio and see that but we that is not required and we're happy to describe that they are metal dice <laughs> they are metal dice they're rainbow uh, rainbow metal dice um with very very sharp edges mm. and um if you step on one of these you are going to be injured um, and a d4 will do a d4 damage yes <laughs> and the d8 is and the d10 they're all pointy and sharp and yeah so pretty excited about that um although they're a little hard to read so and i've got terrible eyes so and 1d4 persistent damage (laughs) 1d4 yes persistent damage too bleed (laughs) now we're playing second ed now persistent damage. Uh, yes yes sir (sighs) yes i will fight you on (laughs) friendly fight every (laughs) single time it comes up in our game I know. Does it happen at oh. the beginning of the turn? Does it happen at the end of the turn? Persistent what damage check is the do you end. make again? <laughs> Persistent damage always happens at the end of the turn. You have the chance during your turn to stop it from happening. Hold up, though. David, I thought you hated second edition. I do. Doesn't mean I don't know how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey, bravo, bravo. I, that, that would be me with like fifth edition if I were to, you know, play it for any length of time. I'd, I'd learn some rules, but I'd still prefer this other game. Exactly. Like I, I've, listen, I've tried second ed more than once and I know how to play it. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> So um, I'm going to flip the script a little bit. Erica, you go before David. What? Okay. Um, so I have two things myself. The first one is um, one of my... So my work bestie, Jamie, um, had her birthday a couple weeks ago, um, but she was sick, so she couldn't come to the office on Thursday where we normally celebrate somebody's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're all in the office. And then we had Thanksgiving. And so she was not expecting a birthday gift, um, but we all got together and I was dead designated to get her her gifts because I spend the most amount of time with her and I know her the best. And she just started playing D&D this year. Yeah, it was very exciting. She's very young for record, like in her mid 20s, I think. No, no, no. We're we're towards late 20s. She just turned 27. So Anyways, um, she just started playing D&D. She really enjoys it. We talk about it. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Every D&D player always wants new dice, as Michael has already stated. It doesn't matter if you're a D&D player. You always want a new set of dice. You can never have too many. You can't. No. <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, we'll definitely get her some dice. And then I was online and I found um, they sell these character books. So it has the character sheet built in. She she plays fifth edition. Mm-hmm. And so uh, character sheets built into it and then it's got the rest of the whole thing is notes and she is a note taker. every meeting we have like everything she's sitting there writing her notes so i was like okay this is great too and then um one of the things we bonded on when we uh first start working together is we both like uh, scary book. So I got her a couple of horror books. 
um like bestsellers i got her like mexican gothic and then hacienda and then these cute little socks that say so many books so little time so that she could be like cozy and reading her book so i put all these little gifts together and everybody chipped in and um we gave her her gifts and she was so excited about them she immediately like took a picture of the dice so i got her metal dice as well so they're like gold on the edges and then they're like turquoise and blue like very nice. And so she like took a picture and sent them to her DM like right away. Like, look at my new dice. Uh, you know, as as we do, right? Like as Michael just did. So um that was fun. I, I felt like I was taking like this this tiny D D bud and like just putting a little bit more water on it to to help it bloom. Um and then the other thing is um on Black Friday, I was perusing uh, PlayStation games to see what was on sale. And I picked up this game called Disney Dreamlight. And I got it for Rowan because Rowan has not really translated into con soul games or or anything like that yet you know she still can't really read um you know being in kindergarten so i was like oh this will be great because we can play together i can teach her the controls and then um we can do some like sight words as things like pop up like so she's learning how to read by playing a disney uh which is essentially animal crossing a disney version of animal crossing with a plot just for record. So she's really into it because she knows all the characters. They're all like characters she loves. And uh, she's also learning to read. So um, and then we've become slightly obsessed. Every morning we plant and and uh, harvest our pumpkins so that we have money to buy all the pretty dresses that she wants to buy for the character. So those are my two nerdy things. Aw, very nice. What about you, David? Well, I've got a couple of things. Uh, I bought some dice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, dice for someone else. No, I did not. Um, World of Warcraft. No, he had uh, dice released. bought for him. <laughs> I did. I, I did actually. My stepdad bought me a really nice set of dice for yep. my birthday. But um, uh, World of Warcraft came out with the new expansion, Dragonflight, on Monday this this week so i've been pretty well the first two days were unplayable due to lag and other server issues but ever but since wednesday i've been playing that pretty non-stop trying to get up to max level to start doing content with my guild and then my other nerdy thing uh i am now the proud owner of five square feet of scotland which due to scotland's laws has uh, allowed me to uh, declare myself a lord. So, peasants, I will now be referred to as Lord Theobald. You want to hear something hilarious, David? My mom did that for me and Chris like two years ago when she, oh. went, she went. It's always nice to meet another member of the aristocracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She did that for us and she gave us the thing. She's like, you can put it, you're a lady. You did it. And I'm like, milady. Like being called a lady in real life. Like if somebody's like, "Oh, Erica, you're such a lady," I'd be like, "Who are you talking to?" Because I don't even know that person. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Chris and I both have that somewhere, and we're just mm. like, mm, "Okay." That's somewhat like being a Kentucky Colonel. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Basically, just buy the title, but it's fun to have. Absolutely. <laughs> And I've got the precise GPS coordinates for where my five square feet of Scotland are. <laughs> and, and I got to throw out something real quick, though. When, when we're talking about buying Dice Brothers real quick, that's it. Mm. The, the buying Dice Brothers. That's one of the great gifts when you've got like a kid that's getting into D&D &D, um, 
or you've got some fr- like my my friend's daughter whom i known since she was basically her aunt and uncle and everything and took her to the renaissance festival i'm buying your first set of dice for you nice you know um i've got that honor these are your first mm. set of dice i'm buying it for you uh, uh what, what now, i used to now do- you can buy them a lordship too yeah <laughs> what i what, what i used to do when i was doing uh, society games is i would t- I, I bought a couple of chess x powder dice their thing and i would take them with me to to these uh events and whenever someone didn't have dice i would get them a set and be like all right these are yours now you can keep them and use them <laughs> absolutely and and that's my wife uh, my wife's a teacher and one year she did something that with using D dice it wasn't D, but she did a gaming type event with her classroom and she bought all of these sets of dice just regular they weren't chess acts or anything mm-hmm. but, um and so when i have my d and when when i've got my home group who um all but Three of them have never played tabletop RPGs to any real extent. Um, I just take this and pour it out. And I told them, you know, if you want to keep the dice, you're welcome to take them home. Yeah. But most of them don't because they've got a small kid at home. who will. It's not a consistent thing, but sometimes they have RPG dice on Oriental Trader. Interesting. I'm not They're, sure what the, I don't know. I'm not familiar with what Oriental Trader is. That it's, a like what, it's like what you use to get party stuff if you're an admin at a business, but they have the shittiest dice well, but yeah, they're great for like someone so, like, you know which... is maybe interested in the hobby. You can give them some, you know, that they're they're fine, but they're yeah. yeah, and they're like party favors. But you you know, they come in a little bag, and you can throw them in a stocking or something. But well, oil filter is where you want to get like plastic spiders and stuff. That's yeah, the best I, place I, to get that I kind know. of thing. I, I had a friend of mine who did something like that uh, for his for their his wedding. He uh, gave everybody a dungeon set of dice at their place setting at the table. Oh wow, that. That must have been. It was. A uh, pricey. It was epic. We Just did candy Legos at ours. Did what? Candy Legos. Candy Legos. Okay. And, um, Lee built all sorts of stuff with Legos with Odin. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, they sat there with candy, and then we had to like take all the candy home. <laughs> you had to. You don't sound thrilled with that. <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, it was a big bag of Lego candy that I had to fit into her suitcase to take well, on. It was because they went around and gathered it from all the tables that didn't ha- that didn't eat them. So it was like a lot. That's yeah. We uh we we did M and M's because Michael and Maria. My wife's name is Maria. So. Oh, that's cute. M and M's. That's, that's great. Seem to go to. I mean, we could have done H and B, but it would have been like sauce. <laughs> <laughs> give everybody a give everybody a bottle of brown. <laughs> so Brian, what about yours? Um, so I have a list. I don't normally have a list, but I have a list. Um, of course he does. So we had a surplus of assassin snails in our fish tanks, and um, I happen to know someone who needed them and um asked at work and um this person has a fish tank at work so i was able to well, i work at a school by the way if the I, I need to give the concept but um i brought in the bag of assassin snails and when i brought it in there was no one there so i went to put the bag on the top of the tank to equalize the temperature and i was just going to stay there all day until they brought them home and i brought it in i had a crowd of parents around me because there were a bunch of parents waiting for time to drop their kids off so they didn't have to pay for daycare just so curious about the snails and that led to a bunch of kids coming up and i was about 12 people so the fish keeping thing isn't my hobby it's heather and i became aware of how much i have learned through just sheer osmosis and was explaining that they're not they're not garden snails they're not gross they're sea snails they're actually very pretty let me show you and i got a bunch of kids 
interested in sea snails who thought they were gross when they came up because I said it was snails. They were like, oh, God, no. Um, and the parents were just thrilled. And I don't really interact with parents at work so I, because I'm an IT guy. So it was just a really cool thing to do and educate some do like an eat interaction. Um, following awesome. that. And thank you for the uh, rabbit hole that I'm going to be going down later about assassin snails because I've never heard say, of I was going to say, I have a couple of questions. One, <laughs> what is an assassin snail? They and eat two, snails. how do you... How do you have a surplus of them? They eat other snails? They eat snails, yeah. And how do you have a surplus of them? Um, they they had a lot of snails. I see. <laughs> um, so we started with six, and now, and we ended up with like 25 or something, 32 uh, or something. Um, they don't generally breed like crazy. I mean, this is over a few months. Um, we had bladder snails, and we had hundreds of them and had to equalize now we only have assassin snails but we went from hundreds of bladder snails to like 20 something assassin snails so you can give those to people um we Are also these freshwater or saltwater um freshwater okay um we also got a new fish tank that's another thing on my list um and um we got a bunch of I never remember the name of the fish it'll pop into my head later they're cute little fish they're little bright colored Duffies? fish. No, similar, but no. Mm. I always want to say mollies, but they're not mollies. There's something else. Mm. Something and with a Y at the end. Bright. Something with a Y at the end. Mm. I can't think of what they're called. I, I I remembered at the beginning of the show and then I didn't write it down. Uh, it'll pop into my head later. Anyway, um, <laughs> we picked out a bunch of these little guys and um, I picked out a mystery snail. And we already had one mystery snail, which is my favorite thing we have. So what it's is a, a mystery about, snail? It's So it was small when we got it. It was like quarter sized when we got it. And now it's a little bit bigger than a golf ball. And it's got a big, beautiful, bright yellow shell. Shell? Mm. Shell? Bright okay. little. Oh, God. <laughs> It's Savannah all over again. Yeah, you um, said shale. I was like, what? <laughs> it's got a big, beautiful, bright yellow shell. It's um, not having a goatee affects my speech, apparently. Um, <laughs> I mean, it did give you a bonus to charisma, but... Yes. Well, my jawline is a lot more impressive. Um, the... So it's a big, beautiful, bright yellow sh spiral shell. It kind of glows it so bright, like an inner glow, mm. like it fades on the edges. And the body of the snail is big and yellow. And it um, climbs up the side of the glass and then jumps off and like glides down in the water. And it's really cool. It, oh, wow. it also does things like spread itself out and like look around and look kind of more intelligent than it actually is. Um, when it climbs up the glass and jumps off, we call that parasnailing. <laughs> Um, love it so the new thing that happened this week is we got a new one we got a blue one and right now it's about the size of a quarter and it's oh i love it i love it yeah i i, Brian, I want pictures of your fish tank pictures so, and videos see this is why you do that mm. Yeah. This so is why we need to like stream or something and stuff. Well, stream or put it on the Facebook group or something. Or yeah. or the Patreon. I mean, so, I'm yeah. trying Plus, to do more than just post the episodes every week. Question for you, though. Um, if you had a yellow and a blue, if they were to mate, would you get a green one? I don't know. That's a valid question. Um, <laughs> I I had the question because I like the mystery sales snow. Blech. I like the mystery snails so much. I thought, wouldn't it be really cool to have more than one? And apparently, if you have more than one and they breed, they have these like disgusting egg clutch things. I mean, it mm. looks like a cone and it has little wiggly eggs in it. And it's really gross looking. And I've looked in mystery snail tanks and they're absolutely disgusting. They, they look like they're filled with wiggly cat poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
it we're a one snail per tank household. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but mystery snails come in a variety of colors. Um, we have a yellow one and a blue one. Um, the little blue one kind of borders on gray right now. And then um, last two things on my list. I'm try to go through these quick. I got a new gaming laptop. Um, nice. It's uh, it's the same one we bought last year, except this one is an Intel i9 12th gen instead of the Intel i7 10th. Um, and a it's market got a- upgrade. It's got a terabyte hard drive instead of a 512 SSD. SSD. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, wait, you're talking computer specs. I should pretend to be asleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm fast because I'm done. <laughs> you said a couple of things. That was only yeah, one. You, you, that was only one. No, I'm so done was... with the laptop. I'm moving oh, on to the okay. next one. Um, <laughs> but how's the camera? That's the important yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um at school i ran into a parent that was wearing a westerly sweater and was like dude because the westerly sweater is the dude's sweater from the big lebowski right oh right, right, yes right, right, okay right. I and was, I, I didn't get that he got it and we talked about it for a while and it mm. was a nice little moment nice. Well, um, you can't wear that sweater without expecting that you gotta be ready to respond that's like your opinion man yeah <laughs> interesting story a few years ago I went to DudeCon and won one of those. I saw the pictures. And I'm allergic to wool. Oh, no. Yep. Okay. His oh, wife got you're a sweater. allergic to wool. Oh. At which she never wears because mm. it's way too hot for her. <laughs> wow. Um, mm. uh, he, he's unable to share it because he's not here, but um, uh, our special Mikey um, got a um, Critical Role Big Lebowski yes. sweater. Yes, he did. Yeah, it's got D20s on it and scarabs. And oh, nice. It, yeah. Yeah. They, they did Mighty own, Nine? Yeah, they did their own yeah. uh, uh, lounge sweater uh, set for their merch recently, and he got one. Nice. So now that I've shared, that's all of us. So let's move on to voting. Um, you know the drill, Michael. We have five widgets each. Who would you like to give them oh, to? You're going to make me decide. That's how this um, works, yeah. Well, I, now i got to try and remember everybody's. <laughs> well, if you look over at the uh, outline, I believe if uh, Brian was doing his job. Oh, he I've been doing it on in. paper. Oh, you fool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I am definitely going to give... Let's see, I've got five. Um, I'm going to give... Two to Erica because buying dice for somebody, you know, supporting, uh, 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 encouraging a new geek is always uh, exciting. Um, I'm going to give how many to Erica? Th- two. Okay. Um, David, what was yours again? Um, I've I've been playing a lot of the new WoW and I'm a lord. Oh, you're a lord. Yes, two to you for a lord. <laughs> and uh, boy, I need two each. Um, give one, one to yourself. No, <laughs> I'm giving one to you, to uh, Brian, because um, the uh, the fish thing fish was just stuff. Awesome. Fish stuff. <laughs> and and you know what's amazing is it's not my hobby at all. I know that's and the nerdiest I've, part about it. I've learned so much. Yeah, I, I can't you, remember the name of the fish though. Unfortunately, just because you've got to be involved, um, you know, you, you're going to learn that just by you know proxy. <laughs> You probably enjoy the fish to some degree. Well, while Erica is doing her widgets, I'm going to look up small fish and see if I can find the name of the fish. I was actually looking through a uh, <laughs> looking through a list. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and give Michael two. Actually, Michael three. I'm give Michael three. Um, and then I'm going to give David one and Brian. And David. Ah, uh, yes. Well, is um. 
uh, Erica is the only one that is on a current uh, status level with me. I'm going to give Erica three of my widgets, and I'm going to keep two of them for myself, as you peasants don't deserve any. <laughs> I'm giving David my negative widget. <laughs> I see someone's getting less gruel this week. Um, Erica, you get two, because dice... Yeah, basically. Um, I'm going to give myself two because I'm very happy with what I did. And then um, Michael. uh, Oh, wow. Erica won. But we have a three-way tie for second place. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter because the widgets are on their way. I was Um, almost the best with the rest of you. Now, these are... (laughs) How does it it feel to be on equal footing with someone above you? These widgets, widgets, Erica, are the upgraded... <laughs> These widgets, Erica, are the upgraded special widgets. We've recently um, came across a um, new feature in the machine. Um, David, can you explain how the widgets are special? Wait, you're talking about those? Those weren't ready yet. Wh- oh, I'm sorry, Erica. Oh, God, you didn't know. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, don't, don't open the box, Erica. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll let you know. Thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll let uh, Chris know not to open the box. You know, Chris will probably just stick it with the Christmas presents. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, they, they have they would have matured. It's by like then, the so last few times you won. There's just there's just boxes of widgets. Well, like I said, they would have matured by then, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, they were on the drying rack. You got to let them dry thoroughly before you can give them out. Yeah, Erica. Erica comes on next episode and says she has another kid on the way. We know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't Need do that. Those widgets. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of little aliens that grow inside people. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that wasn't even a that wasn't even oh. a hoverboard. That was a one wheel, you son oh, of a that bitch. That was so good. That was perfect. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Bravo. I've never had to hold for applause before in an episode. That <laughs> uh, was pretty good. <sighs> We're going to be talking about things from another world, in sci-fi specifically. Um, In our bonus episode, we'll talk about our opinions and experiences with real aliens. Um, But right now, we're going to be talking about science fiction. So um, the reason why this came about is because I went on Patreon and called out for Q&A, because I'm supposed to do that regularly. Well, I I aim to, and I haven't been, and I did. And like I said earlier, Mike spammed me. Um, So, um... As well, nobody our... else was leaving questions. I felt the need to like jump in and give you all some content. No, thank you. It's yeah, much yeah, appreciated. It's uh, I want to start with. Um, let's not start with the best question he asked because it it's it's good, but it's not a good opener because it's deep. Um, let's start with um, what defines an alien, Michael. What defines an alien? Well, if we go by the textbook definition, um, and and I, we're going to skip over the obvious people from other countries. Okay, yeah, yeah. so that's that's clearly the in most science colloquial. Yeah. Yeah. Terrestrial so when we're talking terrestrial aliens, thank you. Terrestrial aliens, then it's any creature, um, or even plant life, any any being that is from a different planet other than yours. Um, so technically to Vulcans, we're the aliens, you know, Klingons, we're the aliens. Um, but uh if they're not from your planet, they're considered aliens. I mean, to the Ferengi, we're just pockets with money in them. But <laughs> what about um other dimensions and alternate realities? That's a good one. I was does actually thinking that, about that as well. Does that apply to i would think so yeah because they're not from your own uh area that would be like a uh a dimensional alien but yeah so in in um um in the 
Pathfinder Galarian lore, technically gnomes originally would be, because they were from the first world, the Fey world, they would be aliens in a sense. Just like elves are aliens from another planet, technically. Does the same thing apply to, like, folklore about fairies because they're from another realm? Or if, were the original... I mean, I guess depending on the culture, because some of the fairies were, like, from another realm and some of the fairies were, like, just spirits of nature. Well, if they're from another realm by that definition, then yes, they would be considered technically aliens. If they're spirits of nature, we're kind of the aliens. Mm-hmm. That'd uh, be an interesting story from a fairy's perspective. Yeah. Of, I mean, honestly, but, if anything, yeah. if anything... We be more of like a parasitic species that came in and just took over (laughs) right well i mean if in in a in the more general use of the term alien can mean anything that's not something that you know about something that that uh that is from your place of origin that you're familiar with so anything new you know just like alien being from other countries anything that's not from that area um or that is completely unknown you would consider alien at first so if you walk into the forest and you see this you know woman with leaves for hair and uh you know run for fingers and stuff run run like hell. Um, <laughs> if you're standing in a, a circle of mushrooms you're already screwed but uh yeah so if you um, live in ohio but that's alien well how does it exist <laughs> god always stop, perpetu- stop perpetuating the stereotype hawaii ohio, ohio does not exist I'm going to take this as a plug. I'm going to take this to plugs, uh, a TikTok channel that I um, always, uh, I always love to watch. And Brian, you and I have talked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, uh, um, his name is um, Mayor Lovecraft. He is the mayor of Gambier, Ohio. And he talks, he's got this whole series called um, um, Weird Ohio, where he talks, he'll go and show you this thing. Like he'll show you this, uh, this, this monument and be like, you know, this is a reminder to the, um, that the Raven Queen will never return to Ohio. She knows better, or something like that. She has this entire series I, that is I, ab- like creates this wonderful lore about weird stuff for Ohio. I think I've ab- mentioned it on the show before, but when Lee was here, somebody asked her about Ohio and how the weather is out there, <laughs> and with a straight face, she goes. Well, it depends on how the Raven Queen feels that day. I miss that. I love that so much. Oh, oh my I good. love that so much. That's Eric, good. The child crazy body. thing about it is she's never watched Mayor Lovecraft. I just mentioned it to her once and said, yeah, there's this guy, Mayor Lovecraft, who says the Raven Queen is in Ohio. And she just took off with it and was like, oh, yeah, that's how we know what the weather is going to be like, basically on the whim of the Raven Queen and just came up with lore on the spot. I love that so much. You did something right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You raised an amazing person. Yeah. That is wonderful. I love that. (laughs) So, yes, Mayor Lovecraft is absolutely wonderful with his lore and everything and he's i he's got a t-shirt that i want to buy i just haven't gotten to it that is the shape of ohio and it says always has been because that's his that's his uh his his kind of catch line Mm. um whenever he says something you know he says this is the way you know this is what happens in ohio or whatever all of the comments are filled with always has been and he always responds always has and it's that's based on a meme if you've ever seen the meme there's a meme that's been on reddit and all of these different things where there's these two astronauts in space i don't know where it started but they're looking at earth and earth and the continent that they're looking at is just the shape of ohio and the 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 astronauts that's closest to earth says you mean it's all just ohio and the one furthest from earth is holding a gun to the back of the other one's head and says always has been now don't have to explain it i love that meme 
You know great. what I'm talking about. Yes. Don't ask me to explain why. That format's but, been used for a lot of things, but yeah, it's great. Yes. Uh, I want to say for like the last five, six, ten years, it's been right. around, but that's where he got the line always has been, and it just seems to flow perfectly. That's oh, good. I, I dig it. I dig it. Yes. And, 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 Yes, I know how absurd it is when I make my claims that Ohio is not real. I do it for comedy people. It's not. Yes. I don't actually believe that. Jesus, my uncle used to live there. <laughs> Always has been. <laughs> so yes, alien would be anything that's from Ohio or outside of Ohio. Fair enough. I'm, Fair I'm enough. looking up the origin of the meme. I'm sorry. I, I just... That is a rabbit hole, buddy. You will be on there for hours. Well, actually, it's it's it's, hour, it's but... part of his ADHD. Yeah, trust me. I I can. I, I was over here looking up everything that y'all were talking about. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that well, I always thought of as what alien means is just belonging to other, right? Like, like if you look at the root word of it, it's Latin for other, right? So it's just whatever is other. So you can make anything, you know, depending on what your perspective is, is alien. It makes sense that Lovecraft was so obsessed with aliens as horror, considering how horrible racist the guy was that he he also associated a lot of the horror with like what he considered undesirables which I really won't go into the detail too much but it that that is for a different episode yeah the um I mean he had bad opinions about everybody (laughs) um but the circle back to Mayor Lovecraft uh, briefly the reason he's called Mayor Lovecraft is because he played he voiced H.P. Lovecraft on a podcast for the better part of a decade. Yeah, and I, he actually addresses a lot of the problem, problematic issues with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Separating the creator from the creation and learning from it, I think, is a really good way of developing a sense of what's right and what's wrong. I, I don't think not talking about it is the right choice when it comes to something like Lovecraft, because there are a lot of cool things about Lovecraft creations. I mean, it just... A horribly troubled person wrote that stuff. I mean, you can find that about a lot of creators and go, well, they made something that's bigger than them. It's sort of like separating the creation from the creator. I'm sure there's lots of counter arguments for that, but it's not really our scope. No. The <laughs> I, I the reason why I think of Lovecraft is because I think of the concept of alien thought. Um, as a GM in tabletop role-playing games, I think often, how does this creature think? And it's sort of like, well, it's probably indescribable. So how do you convey that something thinks in an indescribable manner to players with you know, they're not going to be chaotically illogical. They're going to think in a, com- in a way we couldn't possibly comprehend. So how do you convey that? Um, that's something I think about a lot, especially like um, Hounds of Tindalos, you know, um, what's the big one? The plants? They're... I think I think Doc Brown said it best. You're, you're just not thinking fourth dimensionally. Yeah. Um, what's like the plants? The They're... They like dissect things. Oh, I can't think of what they're called. It's just straight up. Yeah, they're it's a big Lovecraftian creature. They're they're um, like a cosmic fungus that has a humanoid form and they fly around and Pathfinder um, First Edition, they do like a ridiculous um, sneak attack damage. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're um, talking about. I can't think of the name. They have ray guns sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, boy, you asked me too fast. I don't know. <laughs> to Google. To the Googles. The cause of and answer to most of the questions we have. Remember what was life like was life before Google? No. Hey, I'd like to know I, about that thing. That's I a damn shame. Explain, yeah, I tried to explain that to Amelia one time. And <laughs> like, what? I'm like, yeah, there was a time where you could not just search some of human knowledge. To well, find I mean, you could, but you had to go to a place to do it. Right. 
Yeah, and it took time. <laughs> lots of time. I so had an encyclopedia in my house. Is alien to her. Ha! <laughs> yeah. Okay, I know that was a joke, but I'm going to think about that for a second. Uh, to answer my question, like, how do you determine alien thought? They have a knowledge that we don't have. So you can think, like, they can access some kind of cosmic library and get information. They can reach, you know, it's like, to someone who doesn't know what Google is, we would be an alien to them because it's an unknown. So maybe they have the ability to see into the future a little bit, like, David said they think fourth dimensionally, or maybe they can see into the past a little bit. You know, maybe they can think of what the possibilities are to give them a little bit of an idea. I I had a GM who told me that um, when you're when you're playing a dragon in a game, a really great way to do a dragon is encourage the players to plan together before they go into the dragon, but take notes when they're planning and have the dragons plan work around those plans a little bit because the dragon's smart enough to anticipate things it sounds cheaty but it's a good way i mean you should you shouldn't creatures been alive for uh, everything when it comes to stuff like that i'm a huge proponent of mike tyson's quote of everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face (laughs) (laughs) um i you know it's sort of like it it a great thing is like do it once or twice in the adventure like if the players are like well let's go in this way Mm -hmm. there's a big ass trap there that looks like it was perfectly made for that plan yeah, it's, um, it's it, or, or like it's that. like we're gonna seek in the back door. Like the dragon doesn't know there's a back door to his cave. Come on. So yeah. <laughs> so what you're what you're suggesting, maybe if I'm understanding it correctly, is kind of foil their plans before they ever get to the dragon, because the dragon's already expecting. They've dealt with adventurers trying to kill them for centuries, and there might be more. There might be scrying. There could be some kind of augury going on there could they could be talking to a god about what's going to happen you know it's sort of like maybe you don't maybe you don't plan for their plan perfectly but you could um have it have um every protection from every freaking element <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that it, that but you could that that would be you know if you spoil it before or spoil their plan before they ever get to it they're like hmm maybe we've got to rethink things and try and come up with something that you know and the way the to wall. the way to make it more fun is to like pick one thing the one or two things the party has that the dragon didn't plan for and you know stuff like that i but I, to get away from ttrpg i just wanted to like how do you think like from a writing perspective how like a hyper intelligent mindset or an alien mindset it's something i think about a lot mm-hmm. um when when most creators try to um, you know go to that place of like how do you think outside of how we think they they become overly logical right like often the idea of creating the mindset of an alien or the other is that they they remove emotion right because that's not, that's something that that we take for granted as the status of human right like we're very emotional creatures and so I think one of the tropes that I won't say annoys me, irritates me, but is that aliens are overly logical. And I think that indicates that we as humans cannot be logical over emotional. But one of the things I liked about the movie... 
can't remember the name of the movie. It was like a. It was this woman interpreting uh, the aliens' uh, language. Arrival. Thank you, Arrival. One of the things I really liked about Arrival is that it was the opposite. It talked about how the aliens were emotional and it communicated via emotion. So I think that's what that set that movie apart. Is when we look at all the other alien tropes, if you will, they're they're just overly logical and are you know. Like Thanos is like, oh, we're going to eradicate, you know, randomly half of everybody because that's what's good. That's the logical thing to do. But in Arrival, it was really about the emotion. Yeah, no, I get that. That really set that aside because when we think about ourselves, it it always seems to be a war between what is logical and what is emotional. Like when we think about, you know, crimes that are committed, you know, different things like that, we usually have like some sort of visceral reaction, right? Because yeah. we're emotional creatures. When you remove that piece of it, then people who advocate, and I'm not saying that I do, but people that advocate for like, you know, leniency or the death penalty because you can make a you can make an argument either way on that it's because they're either being overly emotional or overly logical and i think that when we're talking about aliens i kind of and i know brian will probably laugh at this but i i think it's more along the lines of like what david bowie was trying to to do in like his music when he would talk about like aliens and stuff like that it wasn't so much that you know they were overly logical or they were overly emotional it was that they were that like you were saying david that fourth dimension like he would say that you know in Starman, you know he'd love to come and meet us but he'd think he'd blow our minds you know yeah. what i mean and it's it's one of those pieces like we're unable to truly comprehend yeah, what, I get, side yeah. of what we are is mm-hmm. no, i get that um one of the big things though is in at least in uh, portrayal and movies and things is oftentimes they will make a alien character more emotionless to have it more you know it's the more abnormal it is to the way people are with the emotions and everything the more alien it seems so if you want something to stand out as not fitting in you have them be overly logical or completely emotionless and they then it's very hard to relate to them so right. they the character is then an outsider and it's mm-hmm. it's part of the it's part of the one of the writing tropes of a way to convey things without having to explicitly say them I think they fail at that a lot of times, though. They do. Especially in, like, like, for example, the the most obvious example we have is Star Trek, the Vulcans. The Vulcans are some of the most emotional. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, they try, they just try to hide it, is what they're doing. But there is, like, even when they are supposedly cut and dry logical and they're speaking in a monotone and blah, blah. They're just crazy, um, um, crazy emotional in so many ways. The same with data. Data would often mm-hmm. act in ways that are emotional, and you're just like, that's that's an emotional response. That's not a logical response. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it, it, emotional versus logical, and it's interesting. I wonder if there's a binary, and we're not or the, a binary, um, or we're, if we're thinking of this in a binary, and there's something else beyond that that we should be that we could can't really consider because we do live in a logical versus emotional binary yeah and it's uh, the the, uh, until we actually come into contact with true alien species and so we we have no way of not basing it on our own sense of that binary so it's it's very difficult to give a 
true portrayal of what something from elsewhere would be because we've never experienced it ourselves so we have nothing to base it off of speaking of the portrayal of aliens as other we see the opposite a lot so like um on star trek they portray aliens as different aspects of humanity and it a lot of it was social commentary Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or is I mean, this show's still around. I mean, hundred percent. I, I mean, yeah. Let's say Star Trek: The Original Series was, but yeah, that. Um, yeah, it started it, to be less like that as Star Trek evolved. Like Next Generation, it wasn't mm. aliens weren't monocultures, or they would start to get away from that them being monocultures. Like Star Trek: Next Generation would start introducing Klingon scientists, and yeah, mm-hmm. part of that was practical in the actually making of the show <laughs> and the other part was the writing and Back when they did the original it, series they couldn't really do a lot of the crazy stuff they could do now as far as how to make aliens and stuff look different and there was some problematic depictions of characters and a lot of that had to do with the time absolutely um, the the evolution of things I mean, I guess that's natural for any story, but we have the unique we have a unique ability to be able to see that since Star Trek has been around so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's ultimately, first of all, as David, I think you were alluding to that, that number one, if they kept everything monochrome, it's going to be a very boring story. They're mm-hmm. not going to be able to go into all of these. And I'm currently on my I'm currently about halfway through Star Trek Enterprise. I've been watching them from start to end uh, or I'm doing a full watch through. Nice. Um, and Enterprise bugs me in so, so many ways. It's my least favorite series so far, but I'm going to watch it. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, if they kept it monochrome the whole way, you know, if all Klingons were just angry, warlike killers, if, uh, you know, if if all of the um, Vulcans were just their version of logical, then it's going to be just a super boring series. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see what? that also reflected in D&D tropes like goblins and orcs and, you know, elves oh, yeah. and all this stuff, which they tried to, for the longest time, to keep them in the same general um, concept that they basically ripped from Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric is going to jump on this. Um, <laughs> that that these days we can see them in so many ways evolving these different um, other monstrous races that they're not just, you know, not all chromatic dragons are evil. Not all, you know, we've got goblin, hobgoblin, orc player races um, or ancestries as Pathfinder calls. So you can see the evolution over time that evolves with society as it should. Um, and it becomes more interesting and I think more robust. You also start to see alien depictions as being less humanoid as people start. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just that stories, because I think non-humanoid aliens have been around. It's um, that now they can be depicted visually using visual effects where it was harder yeah. to do that before. I mean, the really the the closest examples we got to it in something like Star Wars was Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Which was a arms. very, very extensive puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, it took four people to work, to, to work him or something like that. Not, not discluding monsters, because there were yeah. lots of non-humanoid monsters like the right. Sarlacc. Sarlacc was so interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The One Sarlacc. of the special edition changes I wasn't not happy about. I liked the little cute little beak thing coming out. (laughs) It seems so static before. It was nice to add a little bit more. Well, it was static. It It was literally something they put at the bottom of a sand pit they dug. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I had like tentacles. That. Yeah, which were yeah. controlled yeah. by wires. And yeah, gyros, didn't they do and... it with a lot of reverse footage and stuff? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I I need to go back and rewatch all those. Ah, uh, good stuff. Like all the special uh, edition things. I am gonna look back to the Q and A. Mm. So this question scared me. This was Mike's question from the mm. Patreon. <laughs> this is a very scary question. It's a very cool one, and I think we have a duty to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is about the Reavers from Firefly. Yes, we know they technically aren't aliens, but what they become is certainly alien to us. I'm going to stop right here and just give some context to people who haven't watched um, Firefly or Serenity. I will let you know that I will be spoil. We will be spoiling this because we'll talk about stuff from the movie. Um, so um, they aren't aliens, but they become alien. They are a bunch of humans that are pushed to the brink of like emotion and they are hyper violent, rapist, scary things. Cannibals. Yeah. Cannibals. Um, and there is an in- there's an interpretation that Re- Whedon wrote Reavers <clears throat> to be the Indians of his futuristic old Western, um, using all of the worst stereotypes ascribed to indigenous Americans. Savage, mindless, cannibalistic rapists with no regard for the lives of themselves or others. And do we have any thoughts on it? Um, I have a ton and I did some research, so I'm not going to go first. Okay. Um, I, well, I haven't let, done any research on it. And, so. and my, you asked a question, Mike, so you don't get to go first either. Okay. Uh, you, you can you can share what you think too, but I want to hear from david and erica i did some research because you scared okay. me with this question so i had an opportunity I, to do some research i haven't done any research this is the first time i've seen this question i agree that they are a lot of similarities between the two i don't know that that i don't know that that was what he was going for with them i think that the reavers were originally just meant to be the big bad end all that everyone was afraid of because for good reason you need to have a bad guy that lets you know both sides you know we have to have a common enemy at some point or it's you know you're never going to have the story of the two opposites coming together to to overcome the greater the the greater peril and uh, unfortunately it's all storytelling tropes but (laughs) um I disagree that they're other. I don't think that they're other at all. I think they are the worst part of ourselves as humans. Yes. And so, and and that's why we want to label them as others, because we don't want to take ownership that that is what is part of human nature. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's the, it's the extreme, which we get into the movie, you start seeing the extreme on both sides. There's the the pacifists that literally just lay down and die, and then there's the ones that go to the other extreme, the hyperaggression. And it it's a reflection of the Native Americans and the Westerns being viewed as the other, where they're not other, they're us. Yeah. And that's the idea that the Reavers are us and they're pushed to the limit. Now, they're not natives. They're not. They're not they're not meant to be depicted as it. They're not mm-hmm. meant to be a reference to it. They're a commentary on the stereotype, and they're created as a version of that stereotype. So you can tell a okay. space western makes sense. Um, because they're, they're they're what's called is an analog. They're an analog for that kind of character. Now, can that be problematic? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're you're giving homage to something that was problematic. Um, I don't think that was the intention. Actually, no, because I've read a bunch of stuff. I don't know if it was backpedaling, but I've read a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, they're they're a conversion of that stereotypical depiction into something 
that can be a little bit more introspective. And it also is convicting of the kind of totalitarian government represented by the fascist. Yeah, it's the other end of it. It's the ultimate yeah. communism. Mm-hmm. That's the other that's the other parallel to it. Yeah. You get the, the fascists on one side and the communists on the other. <laughs> one is, is one is authoritarian, the other is eating themselves. And this is the spoiler part of it. In <laughs> Firefly, people think that the Reavers went into deep space and went mad. Mm-hmm. And went w- to the edge mm-hmm. of space. Yeah, yeah, went to the edge of space. One of the characters, Jane, makes a commentary is like, I've been to the edge. <laughs> just more black more space <laughs> yeah um and um what they really are is the um somebody remind me the name of the government that's uh, what i was just trying to think of is it the alliance no <laughs> yeah it's the alliance, yeah, the, alliance, alliance yeah. the planetary alliance yeah yeah so the alliance was trying to thought control the populace chemically and it screwed up and created the reavers right. and it's a big commentary on fascist governments and how fascist governments create the monsters monster it's well, to, to clarify i mean because it's important to talk about what what they were trying to do chemically they were pumping these chemicals in to calm everybody they were t- having trying to subdue people through the chemically and yeah. everybody got it, it worked oh, so well on most of the population that they literally just laid down and didn't do anything yeah they, they just, just died. died but in a small percentage of the population it had the opposite effect yeah it triggered hyper aggression and they went absolutely not they became the reaver and the reavers are terrifying they're absolutely mm-hmm. terrifying they're they're disturbing oh yeah mm-hmm. in lots of different levels um they're a surprise to be in a show i mean well that's one I, thing is also the show never went into any of that the only reason we learned anything about their origins is because of the movie correct but, i mean so the show gonna, went yeah. into that they raped and murdered and ate yes huh? yes no i'm saying yeah, they, were a big, they, they were a big big bad in the show and but the show didn't touch anything yeah. on their origins other than right. the they went to the edge of space thing mm-hmm. and the movie was sort of pulling from what would have been the second season of the show we we they were going to reveal that and it ended up being in the movie the the whole i mean there were some pretty crazy things that could have been in the second season if the second season happened um but thank you for asking that question it's well, not I, it's something i might usually just go this is too hard to talk about on the show mm-hmm. but just such a good question i had to well and let me let me clarify where i saw it because um Mayor Lovecraft, his wife is also on TikTok, and she goes by Nerdy Priest, and she's the one that addressed it. So I really do think that, yes, these were um, Whedon's version of Indians per the Old West, but he took the Indian part out of it. He used the the, the trope, as, as um, David pointed out, that is a writing trope. So I think, yes, he kind of, he probably had that trope in mind, but he probably said to himself, and rightly so, how do I make this not hateful towards Native Americans? How do I make this not hateful towards indigenous peoples? You know, but I've still got to have this chaotic, frightening group that's the third. And we can see that in a lot. I my my first thought is the the White Wolf RPG games, the World of Darkness. Um the vampires, there's the Camarilla versus the, then there's the um, Sabbat, which are absolutely wild. Um, in, in Mage, you have their, the, the two major factions, Technocracy and the, or, or the Traditions, and then there's the, the Marauders, who are just absolutely chaos. Um, you've got these, you've got to have that third faction that scares the hell out of both enough that they'll in some way come to some agreement. Oh, and yeah. The- at the culmination of Serenity, where 
the agent who is an amazing actor. The guy who plays the agent was fantastic. Every time I see him, I'm like, yes. Um, but the guy who played the agent, he ultimately saw the the fear, the frightfulness of the the um the the Reavers and said, "We've done this, okay." And now he did it when he was dying, but you know that's that's they serve a useful tool. So I think he probably had that concept in mind, but wanted to distance himself so as not to be problem. And that's what I gather from it. Now I've read I, I think that's of, what it was. I, yeah, I I read an essay about it, and I I can share this in the show notes and yeah, uh, I, I turn think- a shout out to me if I forget but um it's um he wanted to depict that idea of the other and come up with a way of depicting the other in a way that's not marginalizing a group Mm -hmm. and by making them us like completely equally anybody could have become this monster Mm -hmm. it's a nice commentary on it yes well, yeah, yeah, because I I think the idea there is that, you know, anybody can become that. If you give in to, you know, the basis of, of human nature, you can. Like it takes a it takes a lot of willpower for us to all keep our, you know, id in check. Yeah. Oh, you made me think of um the um old eighties movie about the stuff. Have you ever heard of the stuff? Kind of vaguely rings a bell, but I don't it was, a, it was an alien substance that was like marketed as ice cream. Oh, yeah. I think I had some of that. That's was, a gross movie. It was, yeah. Hmm. I don't remember the details of it, but I think. I think I remember. Yeah. Oh, it's it. it uh, there is some really disgusting stuff in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But I. I. Oh, I just made myself nauseous. <laughs> Yeah, none of us get the reference enough to get nauseous on. I, I, uh, I vaguely I'm recall perfectly it, I happy not knowing. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from it. It's smart. I can't. I can't. I'm tasting my breakfast right now. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> oh. I opened up no. a Google image search for it and just had why? a huge amount of why flashbacks. Why would you? Why would you do that? Um, don't look it up. It's worse than blue I'm waffles, not going guys. To- so of course I've got to look it up. <laughs> uh, um, I um, before we move on, I'm just gonna pause and say the fish are called platies. Platies, okay. And the Lovecraftian monster, the plant experiment thing, is amigo. Oh, yes, okay. They're like a cross between insects and plants. They're yeah, yeah. that's not terrifying or anything. Um, speaking of aliens mixed with like ancient folklore and stuff the darrow from pathfinder mm-hmm. um are based on these like creatures that would like abduct people they would sneak into the room and abduct them and drag them into caves and people would they would do experiments and you'd lose mm-hmm. your memory it's where the myth of the it's where the gray aliens came from mm-hmm. hmm. and and one of your questions was um the most uh let's see the most iconic portrayal of an alien well, this was in a movie, but Little Green Men or the yeah. Little Gray Men or Little Green Men. That's yeah, that's the most iconic. Where I know what aliens actually look like. They're Do ostriches. You? Are they? Yeah. If we ever get to a planet with life, it's just going to be ostriches. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I have a I feeling mean, the first life we find is going to be microbial, but yeah. No, ostriches. Ostriches. Fair enough. And, I will and not deny your pre- what, premise. What evidence do you, you are have? correct. <laughs> <laughs> you are 100% correct, David. Microbial <laughs> is going to be the first life we find, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, but it's no, going to be little teeny tiny ostriches. 
Why are there so many ostriches? <laughs> Little teeny I, tiny ostriches. That's I believe, that's I believe and thought. accept your premise, David, mm. but I'm going to choose to bury my head in the sand. Ha! Ah. Oh, all right. Good night, everybody. Chew for chew in today's episode. <laughs> so bad. <sighs> that was that was that was awful. <laughs> it's almost like I planned these. It's almost like you. Yeah. I changed the view permissions in the outline. You just see dumb joke, dumb joke, dumb joke. Mm. <laughs> I'd throw an egg at you, but an ostrich egg would probably kill you. So not if it's a tiny ostrich. Fair. <laughs> Although we don't know what alien ostrich eggs would look like. <laughs> like tiny ostriches. In an egg? Yeah. No, no. Just an egg shaped like an ostrich. So is a baby ostrich a chick? I don't know. Let's <laughs> find out. <laughs> I love this. What's game. a oh. baby ostrich called? Oh, I love it when the rail, when the wheels come off the rails. So, so easy. Uh, chick or a hatchling? <laughs> a okay. Chick or a hatchling? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, what's a group of ostriches called? Flock. Uh, let's see. Yes, or yeah. a troop. A troop. And the scientific name for ostrich is Struthio. Mm. Well, the Australians mm. definitely think that ostriches and emus are a troop. I mean, they. Uh, they even uh, tried to cull them in between World War One and World War Two, and it did not go well. <laughs> oh, the war against the emus! I've yes, read the emu, about the emu that. war. The yeah, emu they, they war. Said the Australian government sent actual troops into the Great Plains of Australia to go fight against the emus that were destroying uh, grazing areas and fields for the farmers, and the emus won. Speaking of um, like alien-like terrestrial life, what? Um, terrestrial life on the planet do you think of when you think of something that's kind of alien um like i mentioned the ostriches um let's start with michael oh well really if you look at a lot of the underwater things yeah there's Mm. some alien looking stuff and that's why they use it a lot in like if you ever look in um um a lot of the stuff from um um, what was that starship troopers Mm mm-hmm is based on underwater creatures. Um, the uh, yeah, so there's a lot of underwater creatures that just like like the tube worms and stuff. You've got tentacly stuff that you know could very much be uh, Lovecraft. Um, yeah, so or Lovecraftian, I should say. Yeah, there, mm. there's a lot of underwater things that are just really weird. At least us. What about you, Mush- David? Mushrooms and fungus. Oh, good yes. call. Very good call. Especially the one that is the state of Oregon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched that documentary on Netflix about uh, yeah. It's so good. But yes, uh, I had no idea it had such a vast network of roots. Like mm-hmm. you, the, the little mushroom caps or the stuff you see up top, that's just barely the top. That's like mm-hmm. the fingernail of it, you know? Yep. The, the vast majority of a fungus is all underground. It's so wild. So yeah, I could definitely see that being alien. What do you think, Erica? Uh, David stole mine. I was going to say my Sealy. Uh, apologies. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool, though. Alien fungi? Fungi? Mm. Is well, it fungi know, or fungi? Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, is it... I think it's pronounced Jif. I was going to say, is it Jif <laughs> or Gif? I mean... <laughs> uh, oh, no, uh... when I think when I think of alien, I, I think... Have you ever tried... I mean, I hate to go down this rabbit hole. I know Brian's trying to wrap up. But have you ever tried to truly encapsulate the idea of the universe? Like truly like encapsulate like how vast it is and how many layers and how many dimensions and how much stuff there is that we don't need? I'm yeah, meth's, up. meth's a hell of a drug. Hey, you asked this question. I know Brian's trying to wrap up. No, no, no. It doesn't have anything to do with wrap up. I'm going to explain why I'm laughing. 
laughing. David has a migraine for me. I've had one all day. And yeah. It's like the deepest, most thought-provoking <laughs> question that's like hard to wrap your head around. And I watched his uh... eyebrow twitch when you asked it. So I'm laughing at that. Um, Love it. My, my point. My point is, is there is so uh... much we don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, we haven't been to everywhere in the ocean yet. Or exactly. there are parts of the core of the Earth we have no concept of other than theoretical. Mm. Or as, as David pointed out, microbes. Yeah. Like, we, how many microbes have we actually witnessed? I think it's relatively recent that we discovered the microbes in, like, lava vents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or in glaciers. There's a series, there's a species of, uh, under, of uh, water snail that lives inside of volcanic vents. And we discover new microbiomes (laughs) inside organisms all the time. Like, even in ourselves, like, they discover new microbiomes all the time. So imagine what might be on other planets. You know, imagine microbes, like, our size. They wouldn't be microbe anymore, but, you know. And that's just in the dimensions that we can even conceive of, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, we can kind of imagine the fourth, but, like, what about the fifth? Exactly. And so when I think of aliens, like, I I think, you know, statistically, right, there is other life in the universe oh yeah but when we when we think about it and we and you try to encapsulate that large of a concept i think a lot of people get afraid because then it makes you realize how i don't want to say unimportant but like how small we are how small our worlds are our world itself how small it truly is and and so when i think of something alien i don't think of something on this earth i think of something Something that exists out ta- outside of the time and the space that we understand. And it's I- like the alien ro- rolling the marbles at the end of Men in Black. Yeah. Men in Black portrayed it really well. Honestly, the first Men in Black movie was really good. Was exactly. So good. And it's one of those things where to, to truly understand that we would have to go outside the scope of what we could comprehend and the people that do that have a tendency to go mad so when i when i think of aliens i think of it as a step into madness i think a, a really good way to think about alien logic is you imagine the universe as a finite concept instead of an infinite concept and you pull away from it and it's a dot on a piece of paper with the beginning and then the dot is the period at the end of that sentence mm-hmm. that's a really neat way of thinking of it i'll, I'll share I, I, I think an alien entity possessed my brain for a second or <laughs> i remember reading that somewhere because it seemed a little bit too deep to be coming from me so listeners <laughs> if that's not original please let me know because I don't know where it came from. I think I was looking at the camera at the time and I think I lost my pupils for a second when I said it. So (laughs) you channeled somebody, you channeled an alien intelligence. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's just me. Just a a wellspring of depth and alien entities. Um, We're going to wrap up now. Um, Normally our guests promote stuff, but Michael's not a content creator. But do you have someone you want to shout out or a uh, content creator you uh, like? Or You know, I've already called, uh, I've already uh, um, boosted uh, Mayor Lovecraft and his wife, Nerdy Priest. Um, but uh, I recommend that too. Uh, it's yeah. pretty entertaining. They're, 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 they're wonderful, but they also get into a lot of uh, social and, and other concepts. Um, and they're just fun. Um, 
But otherwise, yeah, I've got nothing really. I'm just kind of here. I'm gonna recommend Ohio exists. I'm gonna recommend something quick, Erica. Um, Mr. Rex is a great YouTube channel for monsters. Um, he focuses on D and D lore. Oh, it's it it sounds like Mr. Rex, but it's Mr. Rex, and I think it's R H E X X. But um, I mean Google autocorrected. So well, Mr. Rex automatically brings up the amazing world of Gumball. So it must be something else. Uh, Mr. Rex, Monsters. Here it is. Well, there, well, yes, it's M-R-H-E-X-X. There yeah, M-R-R-H-E-X-X. Yeah, oh, you're right. You're right. M-R-R. Yeah. Yeah, I am subscribing to that. I really like that channel because he'll take 5th edition monsters and then dump all the lore going back to 1st edition. Nice. From everything. Like, he'll give 2nd edition Draconomicon lore. He'll give Forgotten Realms lore. Oh my god, 2nd ed stuff is so broken sometimes. (laughs) He'll tell you stuff from the the, um, Dragon Magazine stuff. I mean, he has a really, really really great collection of stuff and like we'll they give actually you statted bugs bunny of information level illusionist um uh, santa claus has drew it a few times no, no, uh, B- bugs bunny is a 15th level illusionist <laughs> in second ah! edition um my favorite dragon magazine thing that i actually used in a game was an april fool's article where they did pink dragons that blow bubbles and i've used the pink dragon that blows bubbles in second edition pathfinder oh that's fun did you see um there was a um the the role for combat <laughs> podcast did a um they've got their own line of third-party materials um and they did a um for april fools last year they sorry they did a kickstarter earlier where one of the supplements is actual player ancestries of dragons and you could be all sorts of different kinds of dragon well for april fools they released a supplement an actual supplement that you can use where your character's ancestry can be a dungeon oh wow <laughs> that's Roll great God, that, 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 erica, that was your april fools. i, I jumped dungeon. in i i forced my way in there erica do you have something to share yeah i mean just staying on the 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 topic of aliens and our ability to comprehend them if you haven't read the, <laughs> the three body problem you should definitely read it it's very very good who wrote it um, I don't speak Chinese, so oh. I don't know how to um, pronounce their name, so I'll spell it. Um, B-I-X-I-N. Uh, She's in. C- and then the last name is uh, L-I-U. Liu, yeah. or Liu, one of the two. Or like C-Chen Liu. Yeah, C-Chen Liu. So I mean, I'm, I'm sure our pronunciations aren't perfect, but... Yeah, it's very, very good. It's a series. Um, I've only gotten through the first two, but it's extremely, extremely intelligently written it has a lot of um um, political concepts in it as well but it really takes off when you start to get into this idea of alien consciousness it's very good the first asian novel to ever win a hugo award that's great oh okay that's going on my list thank you yeah oh cool I I never even heard of this before. Thank you, and it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just discovered it this year. So well, aliens are among us, and um, no, right among now, us is a different game. It does involve aliens. But... Oh, you stole it from <laughs> me, man! I was going for three. 
Uh, yes. Thank you for stopping his evil plot. Uh, we, we can end aliens, on that. Aliens are among Let me finish it just so you can oh, grow it anyway. Aliens are among us, and they're currently being ejected out of an airlock. Ha. Oh. Um, and and um, venting. we been... have successfully went through this entire episode without talking about Alien the movie, which I am. It's, it's Until very. Until cool right now when you bring yeah. it up. But we can't because we're out of time. This has been Nerd Podcast Radio. I was Super Vegan Brian. I was joined by David the Pulpiter. How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Curse, Smurferka. Bye. And Michael Carpenter, otherwise known as M. Cockle. <laughs> Thanks for having me, y'all. <laughs> stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Game over, stay man. Awesome. Game over. <laughs> Brian, um, rest in peace, Bill Paxton. <laughs> Show. 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 Show.